Welcome to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast for January 22nd, 2024. I am your host, John Lothian. This podcast is brought to you by John Lothian News. Thank you for joining us. Here are the hits and takes comments from today's JLN. Today we published part two of our two-part interview with Amanda Kane in the John Lothian Profiles interview. Watch this video on johnlothiannews.com. Former Getco CEO Daniel Coleman is now the president of a private college in Alabama, Birmingham Southern, that is the focus of a story by the Wall Street Journal. The story is about how the private college has been on its deathbed for 15 years, and it seeks a lifeline to avoid closing its campus. It sounds like Coleman and his college could use some help from his financial services friends. The lawyer who is leading the class action case against the CME group on behalf of B-Share members is the focus of a story on LawDragon.com titled, Meet the Lawyer Still Fighting for the People of Flint. What does the collapse of Sports Illustrated have to do with the markets? Minaj Bargava, who owns Simplify Inventions, which took an approximately 65% stake in the Arena Group, is one of the biggest players in the equity options markets. Arena Group was the firm that did not make a quarterly payment of about $3.75 million and had its license to publish Sports Illustrated revoked by Authentic Brands Group. SI Capital Group is a major player on the SIBO global markets and is a OCC self-clearing member and owned by the family office of Munaj Bargava who developed 5-Hour Energy. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has dropped out of the GOP presidential race two days before the New Hampshire primary, the Financial Times reported. The CFTC issued a notice on Friday that the Commodity Futures Trading Commission open meeting scheduled for Monday, January 22nd has been canceled. The matters under consideration are resolved through the Commission's Saratin process. David Sargent, who is a family friend and a lawyer, was acquitted of insider trading charges, quote, after his co-conspirator was found innocent of the same crime, Reuters reported. Chicago places 12th in a ranking of 85 cities whose weather patterns might be affected by climate change. The ranking by online room rental platform Nespic found Chicago's climate shifting to a temperate, humid, warm summer from a continental humid, warm summer in the official climate categories developed by the Koppen Climate Classification System. According to the World Atlas, a temperate climate has moderate to high rainfall and high variations in temperature over the four seasons, and its summer range from warm hot to mild cold. Chicago's current continental climate has four distinct seasons and large seasonal temperature differences with warm to hot summers and freezing cold winters. 
The index looks at three key areas, sea level, climate, and water shortage, to develop its ranking. Bangkok ranks first on the scale, and Marseille, France, ranks last at 85. View the Climate Change City Index and its methodology with a link in today's newsletter. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were Miami International Holdings appoints Kelly Brown as Senior Vice President, Derivatives Products and Business Development for MyX Futures from MyX. FIA, Global Futures and Options Volume, hits record 137 billion contracts in 2023, an FIA press release. And traders bring back 20-year-old options playbook to cash in on higher rate from Bloomberg. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's the video mentioned earlier. Amanda Kane, John Lothian Profiles, Part 2. In Part 2 of her interview with John Lothian News for the John Lothian Profiles series, Amanda Kane discussed her founding of Male Allies for Women within the Americas Women's Network. This initiative seeks to address gender diversity issues in corporate environments, particularly focusing on promoting women to director-level roles and above. You can watch this video on johnlothiannews.com. Here's a story from Bloomberg. The headline, City Trader to Depart to Focus on Children's Books Charity. Citigroup Inc.'s Marcus Satha, who turned the firm's short-term interest rate trading desk into an industry leader, is planning to depart for a role in the children's book charity he founded. Satha, a 20-year veteran of Citigroup, first joined the Wall Street giant in Australia before moving to London in 2012, according to a memo to staff seen by Bloomberg. He was named head of the short-term interest rate trading division for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa in 2016, before being elevated to global head of the division one year later, the memo said. My comment, once upon a time, there was a banker who started a children's book charity. Here's another story, this one from Fox News. The headline, Senate Republican demands answers from Treasury on push for banks to, quote, surveil, unquote, customer transactions in 2021. Exclusive. The top Republican on the Senate Banking Committee is demanding answers from the Treasury Department and its Financial Crimes Enforcement Division after revelations the agency urged private financial institutions to surveil private transactions using, quote, politically charged search terms, unquote, to flag customer profiles to federal law enforcement. Senator Tim Scott, Republican of South Carolina, penned a letter to Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and FinCEN Director Andrea Gaki on Friday after Fox News Digital exclusively reported that the agency suggested in January 2021 that banks use specific search terms to query transactions, including MAGA, Trump, Biden, and more, along with merchant codes from specific sporting goods stores. My comment, this was one subject that Rick Santelli discussed during his stack speech last week. Here's another story, this one from Bloomberg. The headline, 
China is buying up U.S. farmland, but how much isn't clear. America is seeing more and more of its most fertile land snapped up by China and other foreign buyers, yet problems with how the U.S. tracks such data means it's difficult to know just how much, according to a report. Foreign ownership and investment in properties such as farmland, pastures, and forests jumped to about 40 million acres in 2021, up 40% from 2016, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture data. But an analysis conducted by the U.S. Government Accountability Office, a nonpartisan watchdog that reports to Congress, found mistakes in the data, including the largest land holding linked with China being counted twice. Other issues include the challenge of enforcing a U.S. law that requires foreigners to self-report such purchases, the report said, citing USDA. My comment. Let me know when this becomes a problem. Here's another story, this one from Reuters. The headline, Environmental Lawyer Wins Acquittal in U.S. Insider Trading Case. A federal judge in Chicago has acquitted an environmental lawyer of insider trading charges after his co-conspirator was found innocent of the same crime. U.S. District Judge Manish Shah on Tuesday entered a judgment of acquittal opens new tab for David Sargent, a former faculty member at Loyola University's School of Environmental Sustainability. Quote, Mr. Sargent is very happy that the judge concurred with his argument that there was not enough evidence for a rational jury to conclude that he committed insider trading, unquote. His lawyer, Christopher Groman, said in a statement, my comment, justice is served. Here are the top three stories from Friday's JLN. Our top story Friday was Options Discovery, Episode 29, Understanding the Foundations to Become a Successful Options Trader, Mark Esposito, Options Mentor at Macmillan Analysis Corp., discusses this and more with JLN's Esma Awas, a video from John Lothian News. Second was Miami International Holdings appoints Kelly Brown as Senior Vice President Derivatives Products and Business Development for MyX Futures. For MyX. Third was Bitcoin instantly topped silver in ETF market and trails only gold among commodities from Coindesk. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. The first story is from the Wall Street Journal. The headline, Meet the Investors Trying Quantitative Trading at Home. Ordinary investors are experimenting with complex computer-driven strategies. Petros Manios trades stocks like many of Wall Street's most sophisticated operations, running dozens of computer-driven strategies in parallel to chase market-beating returns. But he isn't some tech-savvy math type. He is a published poet who doesn't know how to code. Manios, 44 years old, uses online trading platform Composer.Trade to build, test, and bet on quantitative trading algorithms that buy and sell stocks and exchange-traded funds out of his home office in Boca Raton, Florida. One algorithm, for example, holds a triple-leveraged exchange-traded fund tracking the NASDAQ 100 if the S&P 500 index has recently trended higher and the Treasury bills otherwise. Here's another story, this one from Bloomberg. 
The headline, a rewiring of the world's biggest bond market will transform trading. SEC is forcing treasuries trading onto a central clearinghouse. After years of regulatory tinkering, Washington is now forcing through the most rigorous overhaul of the world's biggest bond market in decades. Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Gary Gensler, who once oversaw federal debt management at the U.S. Treasury, has championed a move to require the vast majority of Treasuries trading to migrate to a central counterparty clearinghouse, an intermediary between buyers and sellers that assumes ultimate responsibility for the transaction. The phased-in process culminates in mid-2026 with the inclusion of all repurchase agreement transactions, a key tool used by hedge funds in the popular so-called basis trade that's drawn scrutiny from Washington. And then finally, here's a story from Bloomberg. The headline, Founder of crypto firm USI Tech charged with fraud. U.S. prosecutors say investors lured by 140% guaranteed returns. Trading platform was facade for scheme, FBI chief says. The German founder of USI Tech, a crypto mining company and digital asset trading platform, was charged by federal prosecutors in New York with defrauding investors of about $150 million in an illegal multi-level marketing scheme. Horst Chika, 64, faces security fraud, money laundering, wire fraud, and other charges, authorities said Friday. After promising investors returns of as much as 140%, he shut down the USI online platform and transferred much of its Bitcoin and Ether assets to accounts he controlled, according to an indictment. He was arrested December 23rd while attempting to vacation in Miami prosecutor said. Thank you for your attentive listening to the John Lothian News Daily Update. Please consider spreading the word about our podcast among your friends. Moreover, if you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate if you could spare a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform on which you access this podcast. Your reviews play a crucial role in introducing our content to new listeners. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the daily John Lothian newsletter email, you can enjoy a complimentary 90-day trial by visiting johnlothiannews.com forward slash trial. Thank you for your valued support. Have a great day and stay safe and treat people the same way you want to be treated with respect, equality, and justice. This has been John Lothian. Goodbye.